Welcome to BFNC Living, sponsored by Buffalo Federation of Neighborhood Centers. BFNC Living is a weekly podcast to help you navigate life issues and to help enhance our overall quality of life. We know life has many ups and downs, but a helping hand and a listening ear can help. Each week, we will share stories about a variety of topics, feature special guests, share information and valuable resources available in our community. Please follow BFNC Living at www.bfnc.org, Facebook and LinkedIn. Welcome to BFNC Living. I am your host, Chandra Redfern, CEO of the Buffalo Federation of Neighborhood Centers. The week of December 19th, the news and government officials warned of a severe snowstorm that was scheduled to hit the area on the 23rd. With blistering conditions heading toward Buffalo, many set out to prepare for what they thought would be a storm similar to the one that we experienced the month prior. Schools were canceled, offices were closed for Friday. However, no one expected what occurred, the blizzard of 2022, which left many stranded for days, some without power and provisions. Buffalo experienced raging winds up to 70 miles per hour in some areas and over four feet of snow within a matter of a few days. This made for catastrophic conditions that left many unable to leave their homes, jobs, and even made it impossible for emergency responders to attend to crisis situations. We often hear about the essential frontline workers of our hospitals, our police and fire departments, EMTs, and countless others. But what about those frontline essential staff that are employed in group homes, nursing homes, and other residential treatment facilities? Those that are tasked with caring for some of the most vulnerable individuals living in community. Today, we want to highlight the work of our essential staff in our residential services program and talk about managing the blizzard of 2022 and share with you some stories from the front line. I am joined by Suzanne Sharp, Director of Licensed Housing Services. Suzanne has been employed with the agency for 12 years in the Residential Services Department. And I'm also joined by Larry Ross, the Site Manager for our Glenwood Community Residents. Larry has been employed with the organization for over 20 years in residential services. Welcome, Suzanne and Larry. Hello. Hello. How are you guys doing today? We're good. Good. First of all, let me just again say thank you, thank you, thank you to you guys and all of our residential services staff. I am so grateful for the care that was given to our residents during the storm. I know that it must not have been easy because everybody was dealing with the crisis situation, but really the work of the staff was just truly highlighted. So I'd like for you guys to talk a little bit about your role. So Suzanne, can you share with us briefly what your role is as Director of Licensed Housing Services? Yes, my role uh, pertains to overseeing four community residents and one treatment apartment program here with BFNC. Um, we have different levels of housing where we provide different levels of supervision. Um, so in our treatment apartments, our case managers would go out and meet with the clients at least once a week, uh, depending upon the needs that they may have. And um, in our level two housing, it's a supervised housing where the clients have their own efficiency apartments and there is staff on site. And our level one uh, has three other community residents where staff are on site all throughout the day. Um, they provide different restorative services and help them uh, meet their potential with their goals, um, just working on different aspects of their life with them, uh, obtaining IDs sometimes, bank accounts, other than the uh, regular uh, restorative goals that we provide services for. Um, we make sure that they go on outings, they have parties, they do different things. 
Um, we have monthly meetings to find out what type of activities they would want to do. Uh, they, we include them in menu planning to find out what they would like to eat. They go shopping on a weekly basis. So we just try to offer a bunch of supportive services just to meet them where they're at, make sure that their life is productive as they want it to be. Wow, that sounds like a lot. And Larry, so you are the site manager at the Glenwood Community Residence. Yes, so talk to me about typically in a day what you do as the site manager at the Glenwood Community Residence. Well, initially, when I start my day, um, I have to observe, make sure that all the clients are doing well. Um, so we do what we call an observation check. Um, and once I identify with all the clients and make sure that they're safe, um, then I have to... Uh, we, we have, well, our regular routine is uh, we secure the medications because we always, between shifts, count meds that has to be controlled, substance that has to be counted. Um, and then what I do is I prepare, um, get ready to prepare the meals for the day. Um, I do rounds uh, just to make sure that everybody is secure. Um, we pass the medications or we assist them and taking their medications, uh, which is a process of handing them the meds and making sure the right person is getting the right medication at the right time, the right way. <laughs> so it sounds like, um, you know, on a typical day you come in, you make sure the house is operating efficiently, yes. and you kind of prepare for the, the day's duties, exactly. and you work with your staff to do those things, yes. correct? Correct. And so... Um, I thought it was important for people to understand like what, because there's so many levels of residential services and I think people get them confused. And so a lot of times we hear a lot of talk about affordable housing and supportive housing, which is a much more independent level. Some supports are very in independent, but sometimes people don't realize when it comes to like a residential treatment facility. So when we're talking about youth, that's what they're called. Um, but when we're talking about community residences or treatment apartment programs, that's a very different type of residence and it requires a lot more and um, the community residences which Larry you supervise mm -hmm. one of those is actually staffed 24 Four hours a day right yes. and so there has to be staff there yeah. all, all day, day long, long. Um, to make sure that the house is running smoothly and so um, you know a lot of times people don't realize that you know five o'clock when everything else shuts down or, you know, on the weekend right. when things are closed, those sites are still You're operating, right. Right. right? Which kind of leads yes. us to what we're going to talk about a little bit more today, right? Um, so we, you know, we saw the news um, and we saw, you know, the government officials. We, we saw that everyone talking about this storm that was going to hit. We saw the newscasters, um, you know, everyone was telling people to prepare, Suzanne, what were some of your thoughts that week prior to the actual storm that was that hit on Friday? Just to make sure that we had enough food, that we had all the essentials. Um, they kept talking about if the power went out, you know, what would we do? You know, what we should do, what we should have on hand. So just speaking with the site managers to make sure that we're all prepared, that our staffing was in order, you know, what we might be faced with. If staff were stuck there, um, how would we would handle those situations? 
So we had a lot of conversation going into it because it was on the news. We were warned. We just had our fingers crossed, hoping that it wasn't going to be as bad as we were hearing, but it wind up being a little worse than what we thought it was. Um, But, you know, we just all came together. We stayed on the phone with each other. We supported staff. We sought out the help um, of a professional. Well, I don't know if they were a professional, but they were in a vehicle that could assist us in switching out staff because we didn't want them to be burnt out or, you know, just when we were able to drive. I didn't want them to be driving out there and them get stuck. You know, so, um, yeah, it was... We're going to talk some more about the actual what happened on Friday. Um, Because a lot of times, I think we hear about the storms. And, and like, you never really know, right? Right. Like, we're in Buffalo, so we're used to snow, right? But, so we're kind of like, oh, it's going to snow. And we had a storm, like, a month ago, right? Right. And it wasn't as bad as it had been forecasted, right? right? Right. So people were still able to get out. We know that some areas of the city were hit a little bit harder, Again, we were able to take care of what needed to be taken care of Mm -hmm. in residents. So, I mean, I know for me, in my mind, I was like, okay, so let's, it's probably going to be about that level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we did the regular preparation, right? And I think preparation is so important. Mm -hmm. I I think sometimes, um, and and of course, it's a whole nother conversation when we're dealing with um, disenfranchised communities and, and people with different struggles. When you say prepare, it's not as easy for everybody to prepare right. for a storm, right? Go out, get some flashlights, get some mm-hmm. extra food. Yeah. Well, if you're already struggling for food, getting extra food right. is going to be even a more challenge and, yeah, and certainly creates much more stress, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, you're, you know, we're going on the week and we're like, okay, we got this. You guys mm-hmm. covered your staff. And then Friday morning came. Yeah. Did you look outside? Yes. yes. It was, it was unthinkable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It started out seven o'clock. I looked right. out. I think I went took a shower and came back, and there it was. It was coming down. It was, and I was like, here we go. And all you could here see was go. white. Yeah. All you could see was just yeah. the snow blowing. Yeah. You couldn't see mm-hmm. the cars on the street. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. So at that point in time, when you looked out the window Friday, and you see the sheet of white, And you know that we have these sites and there are people that are working there. And Friday, right, was the day before Christmas Eve for many. And what then did you think? What did you do? I immediately got on the phone and called all the sites. And I was like, you see what it's doing out here? It's it's about to come down. You know, I said, we have to bunker down. We have to inform you know, let the clients Thanks, know. No. Stay in the house. Yeah, right. yeah. For Stay their the safety, house. let's keep an eye on them. Explain to them what the situation is out there. You know, we understand they can go to the door, you know, right there and smoke. But come on back in. Don't venture out. Don't try to go anywhere. And so that was my first thing on the phone. I think I was on the phone with all, all the sites by 8 o'clock that morning. As soon as I saw it. And so let's talk about that, right? Because I think that's... Easier said than done, right? Like people listening might say like, oh yeah, we'll just stay in the house, you know, and that's what everybody knows. But we know that with the population that we work with, sometimes it's not that simple. And so talk to me about some of the creative things, because I heard some creative things that staff did to keep the residents inside because people wanted to go out. Some of them, that's their regular routine is to go outside, right? Mm -hmm. And although it's our programs are voluntary, so we can't force someone to stay inside but talk to me i mean did you guys play games did you watch movies what what did you do we we played games and uh 
the, most of them, I had them concentrate on the news so that that would help let them know the seriousness mm -hmm. of the storm. Okay. It's a process. Um, so, right. Mm -hmm. So uh, we kind of huddled around the TV and, and just watched it just to make sure. And, and I think that really made an impact on them because really? they were seeing what was actually mm -hmm. happening out there opposed to staff just telling them, hey, you shouldn't go out as dangerous. That was the main thing that, that I, I had the staff do and had the clients do. Um, other than that, we made sure that everything was secure. Uh, we did, I did, which is not a, a good idea, but um, a lot of the clients wanted cigarettes and they were trying to venture out to get cigarettes. So I told them that I tried to tell them not to smoke and tried to really bring up the health issues of okay. of that. And I even um, went as far as to tell them about, I'm going to bring in pictures of lungs from Roswell so you can see what the cigarettes can do. Lungs from Roswell. And you know what? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm a little older. And honestly, when I was in school younger, they when did. they would talk about drugs, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. what they would do. Right. Drugs mm -hmm. and cigarettes and alcohol, they would bring in pictures. pictures so, like, say, like, you like don't that. want to, your lungs or insides right. to look like right. this. And sometimes, right. just like you use with the news to say, this is serious, mm -hmm. right? Because some people yeah. are visual. Right. Not everybody is necessarily like able to comprehend. Like that's not good for me. But sometimes, like mm -hmm. seeing, like, oh wow, that's in my body. Yeah. That yeah. that's that's good. And I know because I know some people do have habits, and you know them just being um, not able because we have non-smoking facilities, right. so not being able to smoke. Right. And you know because there are other people with issues, so right. you have mm -hmm. to kind of take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, I know that I was on the phone a lot and I was talking to different people. And one of the things I know is that you lost power at the Glenwood residence, yes, which is one of our older homes, right? It's historic, older home. Is, and um, you lost power. And so my understanding is that we had a staff person that really was thinking creative, oh, creatively yes. and showed some ingenuity in dealing with uh, the issue because I'm pretty sure the first thought people think the power goes out, it'll be on in a couple hours, exactly. right? That kind of thing. Um, but, so, like but I understand <laughs> like she was able to venture out and take them into the van to keep warm and they kind of did periods yes. to kind of keep them warm yeah, and then... Yeah huddled together like what are some things that you know she she did i mean yeah and she made sure that the vet stayed clear right. in the back the exhaust right. so it wouldn't back up exactly. we were on the phone just you know and she even got to the aware. point where she made a little campfire just to warm so the clients could get a little bit of heat she mm -hmm. made it inside of a pot okay. and and put some uh she found some charcoal and stuff mm -hmm. from yeah that we had stored there and she she put it out, and they they were yeah. able to at least yeah. go stand mm -hmm. and get a, yeah. absorb a little bit of heat, yeah. especially mm -hmm. when they like to go outside and smoke. Right. And so that, you know was, yeah. they were yeah. So yeah. just to keep them safe, keep them. that was what she did. And I yeah. thought that was a brilliant idea. And, yeah. and she cooked some items. Oh yeah, she did. She cooks it on that same pot. Yeah, so she was out well, there with yeah. the pot. She, she made hot dogs her, yeah. and everything. Yeah. She made sure uh -huh. they had hot food. She yeah. was out there with the pot, yeah. and, the, and she made a grill, yeah. and she was cooking them she some food. I got to tell you, when I heard that story, I was like, wow. I don't know if I would 
would have necessarily thought to do that. Right. Right. Because most of us are like, oh, my God, the wind's blowing. I don't want to go outside. But for her to think about she's caring for 10 other individuals Mm -hmm. and the power went out. And so how do I improvise to at least give them something to eat that's not cold out of a can? Right. And knowing that they're going out there on the porch or wherever they go to to smoke a quick cigarette to say, like, hey, let me make this grill outside Mm -hmm. and try to cook some food and run back and forth to try to, you know, keep things going so they can have a warm meal. That is totally amazing that she thought to do that, you know, because... I mean, I've had situations where the power have been out and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my goodness, what am I going to do? Yeah, but yeah. Um, and, and I think how did the clients say that that made them feel? They, fe- they felt uh, kind of a unity, like they were, mm-hmm. you know, a team. They, they seen what she was doing and then they kind of cared for each other. And they knew, well, let's not get close to the pot, but let's mm-hmm. get, absorb some of the heat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they was able to look at it like that and it, it worked out. Yeah. And I love the fact that you say community, because that's really the whole point of group living, too, right? I mean, people are there for various situations and reason, reasons, but it's to create community and help people learn about mm-hmm. community. And we've seen so many um, stories on the news over the past week or so about just community stepping in and helping someone. And so I want to talk a little bit about Miss Suzanne here. Yeah. And I remember being on the phone and you yourself, you were stuck in your home. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you couldn't quite get out and your sons right. were away yeah. at the Bills game. So they yeah. had gotten stuck. They got stuck. And yeah. they had to get redirected. And you right. are navigating through this with your staff and trying to make sure the residents are in. But then um, I understand that we have another staff person that sought out a relative or someone that was willing to to drive. So tell us, tell us about that. We were all on the phone, constant communication, just supporting each other. And so, you know, after day two of the electricity being out, uh, I started, I was like, we got to get somebody you know, um, we called the National Guard. And so we got from the National Guard that they said people are putting it on Facebook to try to seek help because there are people out there with SUVs or big trucks that are willing to go different places. So I said, we need to get on Facebook. I said, whatever it is, we'll pay it. We need to get our residents to a safe location if they mm-hmm. can take them. And so I was speaking with Natasha and Natasha was like, maybe I can get my uncle. I hear that he just helped somebody get somewhere. I said, let him know. We'll pay whatever it takes. We need to get our residents, you know, from there to one of our locations that has heat. And so she was able to get her uncle and he did that. And so he brought them over there. And then what we did is we also were able to get other staff, people that were willing to come in if they had a ride. And then take the other staff person that they were relieving to take them wow. home, you know. So everybody, you know, either the staff spent half a day at home for Christmas and then they were able wow. to get the other ones out for Christmas. And so then I could finally breathe when that happened and got them to the our, our, our other location. That, so, that is really fantastic. Yeah. That is um Really great. And I mean, it's, it's just very admirable that someone who's not even an employee would say like, yeah. yes, I'll yeah. I'll help. I'll assist. And yeah. the fact that, you know, he was able to get through that yeah. snow yeah. to get yeah. all of our residents yeah. 
to a nice warm building yeah. and you know they were able to at least be someplace with electricity and yeah. and yeah. TV and all yeah. those things at least for Christmas, um right? for Christmas yeah. Yeah. and that you know the staff that had been stuck yeah. were able then to go and spend some time with right. their families yeah. as well and not only that but able to um leave the shift because some of them right. have been there for they about 50 there. hours yeah. or so. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they had worked, they had already worked during the week and then they get stuck. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, they would have been off. Yeah. But unfortunately the snow happened. So right. they were there because yeah. there was nowhere to go no, no, and we yeah, can't no. leave right. anyway. He was out there for over six hours yeah. wow. with us wow. transporting back and forth. Transporting wow. staff yeah. too. Yeah, you know, the staff. Out, yeah, staff to come take another staff yeah. back home to their yeah. houses. Yeah, really, wow. We work with the clients yeah. and the staff. Yeah. Wow, and that's a, yeah. that. That's that's really what being a good neighbor is about. We mm-hmm. talk about being good neighbors, right. and yeah. we're all about you know neighborhood being trying to be the best neighbors we can mm-hmm. be, um, and yeah. promoting being a good neighbor uh, with others and community. And that that certainly is really um, just a great example. And so. Um, I understand that we, we were moving staff around and things like that. Yeah. And then um, I do recall receiving a text message from uh, Suzanne mm-hmm. saying that her sons were home. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they were going to come shovel her out. Yeah. And so then <laughs> when you got all shoveled out, talk to us about... What you did afterwards, because I'm like, Suzanne, it's bad out there. Uh, no, Please not, don't go out yeah, driving around. Yeah. Well, my son, we did. We we um we were we were able to shovel out and everything. And one of my sons, he made the news because the news was coming by, looking at us shoveling out. And so he made the news then. Um, but once we did get out, we were able to go um into the. He, he drove me into the city to um check on all the sites. We were able to check on the sites. Um, one of our vans was stuck somewhere blocking the plow from coming down. So we went and picked up some chains and got the van on stuck. Um, just able to go to each of the, um, the residences and check on everyone, check on staff, let them know how we appreciate them, you know, and that I heard you took them some food. Yeah. We got them some pizza, chicken wings (laughs) and took them to all the sites and they, their face just lit up. They were just so happy. The staff was happy. The clients were happy. So, you know, it just felt good to be able to see everybody, you know, after that situation. And I learned that it was your younger son that yes. was doing a lot of the driving around. Yes, he was. Yes. And it, that's, I, I find that so amazing and incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, we work in the community. We work in the organization. Yeah. And a lot of our children grow up oh, right. in yeah. the organization. Yeah. And I do remember him mm-hmm. when yes. he first started. Yeah. And he was a yeah. little boy. Yeah. And um, yeah. now he's grown out to be a great yeah. young man. Yeah. But just seeing that sense of community yeah. and that sense of wanting yeah. to help. Yeah. That really must make you yeah, proud. The does. fact that, I mean, yeah. you know, I think, what is he, 19? Yes. He's 19. And a lot of 19-year-olds yeah. would have been like, hey, I'm sitting in yeah. the house. I'm not yeah. going out there yeah. to, like, shovel yeah. people out and things yeah. like that. But the yeah. fact that, you know, he he has been groomed to think yeah. about community and yeah. service. Yeah. And, you know, how do you help people that right. maybe can't help themselves or yeah. don't have as much as you have? Yeah. Um, it just really was, it's it's just so great, honestly, yeah, yeah. to see that, to see that in a young person. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I just want to say, I think you've done a remarkable job thank because you, you. he yeah, really, great. he yeah. was really a, a star yeah. Um, yeah. And during this time. And he has grown up uh, in the program as well, you know, by me working here. 
he recalls um, going on outings when we used to go on outings mm -hmm. um, uh, when he was younger, bowling and everything. And some of the residents still remember mm -hmm. him and they ask about him, how was Isaiah? I was like, Isaiah's real big now. He's not <laughs> little anymore. He's six mm -hmm. foot three. You know, and so, you know, he re he remembers and recalls that, too, that he had a lot of fun doing that. But um, he, he didn't just, you know, drop me off at the site. Right. He came in and he spoke to the clients. He walked around, you know, with me and uh, with maintenance. And, you know, he interacted with them. And so he's, he's just a natural-born helper. I, I mean, I, I got to tell you, just um, hearing the stories about how people... I say they were selfless because, again, yes. you know, I know our staff had their own families. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I know that our staff, too, were stressed. It yeah. was a crisis yeah. situation. Yeah. And um, I know everybody might have had their moments, but mm -hmm. then they kind of, you know, you regroup because right. you're responsible mm -hmm. for other people. And right. I saw you guys do that. I saw you guys work yeah. through the challenges yeah. and making sure that people were served. Mm -hmm. And so, again, you know, I just wanted to spend time just highlighting that. You know, these two are frontline workers. You guys are frontline yeah. workers and yeah. you do very difficult jobs. Honestly, I know. Yeah. And, you know, we, we just thank you wholeheartedly. But it's nice to see, even though there was a lot of tragedy during the storm and things like that, um, that I think it really did cause people to pull together in many ways. And to think about, okay, what's important? How do, how can we help each other? How can right. we help someone else? Mm -hmm. um, I know we had a site manager that she had been off, but when she was able to come in, she stopped by and she brought water and things mm -hmm. like that yeah. over. Yeah. Um, you know, and just thinking about like, what is my part I can do? And mm -hmm. I think that's really a lesson that we can all take from this storm is you know, what, what role do I play? Even if it's mm -hmm. just a little part, yeah. every little bit helps. Right. So, right. you know, whether you're dropping off water, whether you're mm -hmm. like, Hey, let me see if I can call someone. I might know right. someone, you know, or if you're like, Hey, I'm going to go out there and build a grill and cook some food <laughs> for these people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cold and I'm going to yeah. bundle up and do it. You know, yeah. um, those just little things, yeah. the little things is what carries us through. Yeah. yeah. It's those little things, right? Yeah. And she and made sure that she took the phone into the van to make sure she charged it at each exactly. time. And that's smart, yeah. right? That's and a good storm good. tip. A right. lot of people right. were, yeah. that when they were able to get, I was yeah. talking to people and they're yeah. like, I'm charging my phone. I was calling yeah. my family. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they were like, I'm charging my phone in the car and mm -hmm. things like that. And so yeah. people were yeah. doing those things. Right. And so, right. you know, and we I, had the emergency cell phones for yes. each of our houses. So she made sure that one was charged in her own personal one. So she kept charging back. And that's well, great like, yeah, that to be able to stay innovative thinking calm yes. and to innovate yeah. during a time of yeah. crises. Right. And that's what we yeah. want our staff to yeah. be able to yeah. do. And I, again, yeah. I just think that I stayed on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> All throughout, I mean, you know, three o'clock in the morning, we were on the phone with each other because we still had staff that were working, right. you know, and especially at our Glenwood house that did not have power. Mm -hmm. We wanted to support her as much as possible. We didn't want her to feel that she was out there alone wow. and that we didn't care. Wow. We're, if you're going to be up, we're going to go through it with you. We might not be there physically, but we're there with you. And that truly uh, speaks to our mission as an agency, right? Yes. Our our mission is about our doors being open mm -hmm. to anyone yeah. to help them navigate a path from where they are to where mm -hmm. they want to be. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we walk alongside people, right. you know, through their journey. And that includes staff, too. I mean, yeah. people have challenges. Things yeah. happen. And I think that that is really important to know that even though you couldn't get to someone, and I know I felt completely 
helpless. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't yeah. do anything. Right. I'm like, but yeah. I can call you on the phone. That's I'm like, right. that's what I yeah. can do. Yeah. Um, because you yeah. couldn't go anywhere. Right. You couldn't right. do anything. Yeah. And But I think knowing that you all were, had the phone chain going and you were talking mm-hmm. on the phone and talking through it was really just a uh, true sentiment to who we are as an organization mm-hmm. and who you all are as servants, because that's what we right. are, servants yes. to the community. Yeah. And so, you know, again, it was just, even though it was not a great situation, it was really great to hear the uplifting stories yes. that, you know, yeah. uh, you know, someone was, you know, uh, creative and, and help people right. eat yes. and that, you know, once you got out, you know, you, you went out and you were checking on people and, mm-hmm. and, you know, your son was helping to get, pull out vans uh, and, mm-hmm. and taking yeah. people food yeah. and, yeah. you know, just talking to people, asking them how they were, because mm-hmm. the reality is, and I know that I called you and I said, well, I just want to call her just to mm-hmm. see how she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do anything yeah. for her, yeah. but I just want to call her to see how she's yeah. doing. Yeah. And sometimes just calling someone yeah. to say, hey, how are you doing? Right, right. You know, what's yeah. going on? Like, yeah. so just talk yeah. to me. I'm just an ear right now. Right, right, can't help right. you with anything, yeah. but I'm an ear. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. those things make the world yeah. a difference it to people. Did. You recharged me and I was able to mm-hmm. pass it on. Yeah. You, you, know. can, you can tell when you're speaking to the individual and you can see their tone change because mm-hmm. they yes. feel they, yeah. they yeah. when they answer, you know, if there's that feeling mm-hmm. of being alone. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, there's a team. Mm-hmm. We have help here. Yeah. And it, it kinda yeah. you can right. see hear yeah. their voice. Right. They were glad to have they you know, were they were thanking me them, for right? talking to them no, exactly. through the situation. Right. But you're there, you're in it. No, uh-huh. I'm thanking you. Yeah, right. But they're thanking me for talking to them. No, no, no. I appreciate you being there. Yeah. And we appreciate you all. Yeah. Um, we really do. Again, um, you know, I, I couldn't thank you all enough for just taking care of those that we've been entrusted to take care mm-hmm. of. Absolutely. And again, it's not an easy job. And I just thought some, it was important for people to understand that, yes, I'm, you know, there are lots of different types of essential workers and first responders. And again, thank you to your staff um, and to you both for what you did. And so it looks like we are out of time. So I want to thank our guest, Suzanne Sharp and Larry Ross for joining us today. And to learn more about BFNC, please um, visit us at www.bfnc.org. If you'd like to listen to this podcast, you can check out our website or please check out our Facebook or Instagram page. You can also listen to the podcast on the WUFO website and all other major podcast platforms.